Hello, friends, and however you're listening to this episode of On Grace, we are super grateful for you and glad that you're here along with us. I am super stoked to be sitting across the desk from the Chip and Dale of Broadway United <laughs> Methodist Church. You heard me correctly. Chip and Dale. Chip, hmm. and, Chip and Dale for the all-male review. <laughs> I thought he was talking chipmunks. I, yeah, well, I was, course, yeah. right. but, then I, but then I took it to the next level because uh, that's what we do here. To the l- next yeah. lower level. Yeah, level. <laughs> yeah, we're descending. <laughs> right. Uh, it's hard to beat Chip and Dale yes. of yes. chipmunk fame. Pregnant pause to make right. it clear. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and they're usually, you know, a nut around them, so this kind of works. Would, this, it works, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Do you I, embrace the role of nut? Uh, thank you for listening to <laughs> this episode. I'm Wendell. We're passing it to Wayne because he's starting it. So Okay. Yeah, I'm Wayne. Um, this week we're going to talk about this idea that grace, and we've talked touched on this a, a time or two before, that grace is about something uh, far more than, and it sounds really bad to say, just the forgiveness of sins, which is really profound, and you know, if we if we actually believe that and experience the fact that our sins are forgiven, I mean, that's pretty breathtaking in itself. But the idea that that is kind of the the beginning or the groundwork for what God really wants to do with this grace in our lives as His presence works in us, um, and is and and that it's not. Uh, and that what we want people to experience is the fullness of life that Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it to the full, uh, and, which is the more than that comes after mm-hmm. that. So we kind of want to explore what that looks like and also what that looks like as we relate to other people and invite them to experience this grace. So we're not just ex- inviting them to ask Jesus into their hearts, but to experience relationship with Christ in their everyday, in their moments, and uh, in all the places where they find themselves. Yeah, um, before we got on the air here, you, we were, well, in a previous conversation as well, we were talking about that, um, I don't know, traditional teaching has kind of said you, you uh, make a prayer of confession, you ask God to forgive your sins, and voila, you're on your way to heaven, you got your ticket punched, and that's really what the whole thing's about. Yeah, it's just about getting my sins forgiven, kind of making a some sort of business deal with God. You know, okay, I, right. I signed the papers, and and He says, okay, when the time comes, just show your papers, and you'll get in. You're mm-hmm. all good. Yeah, and it's um, that really short circuits God's plan. That that's not God's right. kingdom on earth. Yeah, it's something totally fake and yeah, we, we don't thin. we don't meet Jesus and then wait to die to go see Him more clearly. Uh, but it, it creates the possibility that we can discover the life that God created us to have, that we were intended to experience. Um, and and so when we talk about being born again, we're born into this new possibility, this new uh, opportunity that grace creates in our lives uh, to live differently and to become differently and to see differently. Uh, and, you know... It, there's all there's a lot of stumbling and staggering and falling involved in that, but it's with this hope, this you know, 
all things become new, old things pass away. This idea uh, that grace really does <laughs> create this new life for us, or at least potentially. It, uh, if you, if this this is kind of a paradigm shift for some, possibly it was for me back when I made it that it's not about getting your sins forgiven so you can go to heaven. This is about opening up a whole new life here. Um, but to, to me, the old way of looking at things is, okay, so I've signed the papers, but I don't want to jeopardize or take the chance that God might pull those papers on me by misbehaving. Right. So I've got to yeah. really walk a straight line. I've got to keep the rules. Whereas now... It's like the old Michael W. Smith song, you know, everywhere I go, I see you. Mm -hmm. So my life is not so much about minding how close I toe the line. It's about where is Jesus? It's about awareness. I want to see Jesus everywhere I can see him. And whereas I sucked at toeing the line, I'm getting pretty good at seeing Jesus. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, this actually is what I was meant to do. Yeah. I was trying to do something I wasn't designed to do, which was toe the line yeah. and be squeaky clean. Didn't work. Yeah. Now I'm doing I'm doing what I was designed to do, which is look for God everywhere. Yeah. I think that that toe the line approach um is kind of trying motivated by guilt or fear, which leads to a really timid and meager life. Whereas this 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 belief in the abundance of grace <coughs> And the possibility of this new life opens it up to to living kind of um, extravagantly, lavishing love, uh, wasting grace, being willing to throw it around and and look for it in weird and odd places, uh, because we're not afraid of messing it up. Yeah. Well, and and uh, I've been in groups where guys were really struggling with guilt and shame because they weren't living up to some sort of religious standard they thought they were Mm -hmm. supposed to live up to. And the whole time I'm sitting there thinking, it sounds so noble, so courageous, so, oh, this is good character. But I thought it's all about, it's all about you. It's all Mm -hmm. about me. Right. It's all, how am I doing? Yeah. And, and when, when I'm looking for Jesus everywhere, it's like, what is Jesus doing? Right. How's Jesus doing? Yeah. And he's doing great. Yeah. And when, yeah. when when I get when I see him, there's this magical draw to what he's doing that pulls me in, and once it pulls me in, I kind of get caught in the vortex of it. Mm-hmm. It's it's like okay, I'm I'm not trying to, but I'm living a lot closer to what I wanted to be before. Right. Yeah. It's in the way we, the way I recognize that is not so much that the standard of morality in my life is. A lot better, but but the way I love people is much better. Yeah, I I find that I I care about people and I act as if I care about people. Uh, because, Not because you're trying. No, it's because it's of this just, grace yeah. at work, and because I recognize uh, Jesus around me and what He's doing. And I think when we when we get this idea that in relationship with other people, the goal is to get them to pray a prayer or to make a decision, then we miss the opportunity to to participate with them in what God is doing in their lives and to help them recognize that and and discover this life that Jesus has for them that is so much more than one decision or one prayer uh that that uh 
that is is really what God wants for them is this new life. And, and so it's not so much about who's in and who's out as it is, you know, where are we experiencing and recognizing what God's doing in our lives yeah, and in others' lives. I, I recently uh, was asked to pray with uh, a young lady who had been abused most of her life, lived a really rough life. And, and uh, as we as we prayed, she, she wanted me to kind of lead her in the prayer. I just couldn't bring myself to the old thing of saying, well, I, we need to ask Jesus to forgive our sins here. It's like, no, she's been beat black yeah. and blue in her life. In every sense right. of the word, that she doesn't need forgiveness. She needs healing here. Yeah. And so her con- her first connection with God does not have to be the traditional, well, let's get this judicial thing Take taken care, care of. of you know right. let's 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 get her to pay sign that i did bad papers right and and instead let's let's receive some healing yeah maybe you know but we we push the, the boundary here but uh maybe the confession we need is not not asking jesus into our hearts which is kind of the traditional thing but recognizing that jesus is already in our heart yeah that I wouldn't even be here at this point right, where right. I recognize my need unless He had been brought me had brought me to this moment. Yeah, yeah. To recognize that grace has been at work already. Yeah. In ways that are influencing and impacting and changing who I am. It, I don't know how many Methodists we have listening to this podcast, but you know, if you if you know the history of Methodism at all, you know that John Wesley taught about prevenient grace. Yeah. And and I really think that. Here lately, we're discovering that prevenient grace. It, the the word prevenient is cheap, almost. Yeah. yeah. Grace is profound and rich and full and huge. Prior to any kind of, of my realization of it, right? Yeah. I'm here by grace. You know mm-hmm. the 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 miracle of conception. If that's not grace, and yeah. the vulnerable spots God brought me through before I was even remotely aware of his presence yeah yeah we we have this absurdly generous god who bestows grace (laughs) uh, on everybody whether you he's not worried about getting credit for it even he he on the you know it rains on the wicked and the good both yeah he just rains down this grace on every person and and he longs for us to recognize it not so that he'll get credit for it but that we can uh, receive it more deeply and begin to allow it to bear fruit in our lives. Yeah, you know, people on the other side are going to say, "Yeah, but you got you you can't forget the wrath of God." You get, you know, look at all those stories in Scripture where God got mad, and and mm-hmm. and, and and when I look back at them now, I see them so differently than I used to. I, I don't know if God was mad or hurt. Because a lot of the times he really got upset is when people didn't trust his love. Mm-hmm. They didn't trust his grace. They doubted it or they ignored it. Right. Or they lived as if it weren't there. Right. Yeah. And and that, I mean, the guy who left the talents, you know, the 500 bucks, the 200 bucks, and the 100 bucks. And the guy with the 100 bucks said, you know, I'm scared of you. To the other two, he said, "Hey, come, let's go party." Right. This has been about partying the whole time. Yeah. Come and party with me. And this guy says, "You know, you're mean. You're scary. You're frightening. I'm not. You know." Yeah. And and people tend to think, well, God, 
the, the master got mad at him because he didn't produce money. I think the master was just like hurt. Yeah. You know, right. How yeah. could you, how could you think this? Right. Of me? Yeah. 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 I think that's true. I think that, that God out of his, it really does break his heart that we choose to try to build a life by ourselves when he offers yeah. to be with us. You know, it's like he proposes to us and we turn our back on well, him. Well, it's not even that he offers to be with us. He is with right. us. Right, yeah. And we're just, we just go on as if, as if oh, yeah. I got this, God. Yeah. And, you know, I think that was the, the thing at the Tower of Babel is they thought they could do it on their own. They were yeah. building a monument to themselves. And yeah. it broke his heart. Out of the very uh, physical... Um, you know the raw material that God made, and, right? Yeah, and the language that He gave them, and yeah. The, yeah, yeah, right. So you said that earlier, prevenient grace wasn't necessarily a good word. And oh, I think, no, I think it's weak. Well, I think it's weak. Too. <laughs> I don't think it's a good word because I I don't know what it means. I've never used it outside of the. Con- I mean, I know what it means, but I've never yeah. used it outside of the context of yeah. prevenient grace. Like I've yeah. never said. Oh, I thought of that preveniently before yeah, you yeah, asked. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, what word, like, what word would y'all choose instead? Maybe to keep the 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 pursuing grace that go, you know, that he gravitational us. grace. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just it's just solid, constant. It never. You can't defy it. You can't run from it. You can't. You yeah. can try, but it, yeah. it's just this gravitational force that's just pulling us. Yeah. And, and it's and it's I think it's part of the courage of God that He risked loving us first. He, you know, you know how hard it is when you when you love somebody or you you know and they reject that and or turn their back or belittle it or see no value in it. And He does that every day, over and over and over again. He extends this grace to us before we recognize it or before He knows how we will uh, respond to it. And, See, I struggle with that a little bit, not against you, but I, I struggle because you've said that several times. And and if you say too much about it, it's almost like God is arrogant in his grace. But I I, I don't know that it's arrogance. I think he's, he's so absolutely confident that that the love he has toward us is going to win the day. Yeah. And it's a confidence. It's not yeah. an arrogance. It's a confidence that that just says... I know this works. This has worked in the Trinity for all of eternity, and I know it's going to work. Yeah, yeah. I think I think he's perhaps um, maybe what is he's confident in its effectiveness in our lives because that's what we were created for. Right. But he's also confident in his relentlessness in it that yes. we can't make him stop. Right. Yeah. And and okay, that's where I say some might say, well, he's. You know, he's kind of arrogant. I, I don't think it. Yeah. I don't think it anything right. to do with that. It's just like, no, this is who yeah. I am. Right. I'm pretty confident in who I am. Right. I've been this way for all time yeah. eternity. He probably probably thought about it before he created us. Thought, well, <laughs> I, I would know, hope so. You know, Jesus tells that parable about if you're going to build a tower, yeah, you, yeah. Know, you sit down and calculate the cost before you start, <laughs> or if you're going to fight a war, you decide whether you can win or not before you start. So I imagine. Yeah, God did the same thing. I've never thought about that parable in terms of creation. That's that's fantastic. I I just think I think I think we see God as mean and scowly, and I think God giggles a lot. Yeah, he, he, he's the he's the Doctor Phil before Doctor Phil ever got here, and he just looks at us and says, "How's that working for you?" 
Yeah. You know, how's that working? I'm yeah. going to get you. Yeah. My love is going to win out. Um, but go go ahead. You try yeah. your thing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of On Grace. My name is Jason Brown. I've been hanging out with Wayne Hunter and Wendell Van Valen. The three of us serve together at Broadway United Methodist Church in Bowling Green, Kentucky. <laughs>